everyone, this is Kim Lloyd from KimLloydFitness.com, and you're listening to Start Where You Are, the podcast dedicated to helping you get from the knowing to the doing. In today's episode, I'm flying solo, and I'm going to be talking about friction, so ways to reduce friction. Here's the best example I can give. You're sitting around, you're watching Netflix, and as soon as one episode is done, it immediately jumps to the next episode. So there is no friction. You don't have to get up and change the DVD. You don't have to do anything at all like that to continue watching the show. So what we're going to talk about is some ways that you can reduce friction when it comes to developing habits that you would like to develop. And as always, if you like what you hear and you have an extra minute, if you could take the time to give us a follow or leave us a review, that would be greatly appreciated. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 3.5 of the Start Where You Are podcast. So I'm your co-host, Kim Lloyd. And flying solo today, Sue and I are very much hoping to get together to record a couple new shows over the holiday season. So for context, it's December 12th, 2022. But in the meantime, I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about something called friction. So friction could be described as a force that gets in the way of performing a behavior. Um, It's essentially one of my main jobs as a coach is to help people get from the knowing to the doing, which is the subtitle of this podcast to help you get from the knowing to the doing. And friction is usually something that is getting in the way of the doing. So a classic example for me would be, and I tell people this all the time, if I have to make a phone call to get something done, I am going to have a really hard time doing it. As silly as it sounds, I am not likely to make a phone call. So what that means for me is in choosing a massage therapist, in choosing an accountant, um, in looking at businesses in particular, if I have to make a phone call in order to engage in the business, I'm just less likely to do that. So this is just something that I know about myself. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, many massage therapists and many businesses are looking to move their transactions uh, online and, and introduce text features because we know that, that, you know, businesses just know that that's one of the ways that they can reduce the barrier to allow people to engage in the process. Uber is a really great example of a company that reduced friction. So I grew up in the country, the idea of riding in a taxi anytime I would travel, you know, I'd always see the taxis out in front of the airport. And just I, I was always afraid to get it because I was like, I don't know, do they do they have to have cash? You know, do they take cash, which is, you know, another like the cashless transactions, if you even think about like, you know, using your debit card or credit card at this point, we, you know, we've gone from swiping the card to inserting the chip card to now, you know, many of the features, you just literally tap your card and go, it's reducing friction. But Uber is a good example of that. Because with Uber, you know, you open up the app, and the app already knows where you are, you type in the address that you want to get to, and it gives you a quote, it tells you how much it's going to cost. And then it's already your payment is already linked to the app, right? And then also you're prompted for a rating immediately, you're prompted for a tip immediately. It is so user-friendly in that regard because they manage to reduce friction. So that's what it means in terms of businesses. I mean, you can think of plenty of examples of businesses. Uh, Starbucks, mobile, thank you very much, Starbucks. I order, I don't even know what percentage more coffee I order because I can do mobile ordering on the app. But anyway, one of the first conversations that I have with clients is we talk about vision, we talk about where you want to go, we talk about how you want to feel, but then we also talk about what is doable because 
we have to work with what is and not with the reality that we want to be the case. And when I say that, what I mean is that, you know, I had one client that I worked with. And when I asked like, okay, what's the goal for working out? She was like, 60 minutes, five times a week. And this is somebody that at the time was not doing any kind of workouts. And I said, is that doable? And she says, yep, there's no reason why I can't do that. Okay. And then we came back together a week later. Uh, she hadn't done any of it. We came back a week later. She hadn't done any of it again. So her ideal, you know, she was like, there's no reason I can't do that. I totally, and I, I totally understand that, right? Because you're trying to sort out, again, human behavior is, it's not easy to sort out, you know, to sort out. It's, it's part of what I find so fascinating about it. But there was clearly something that was getting in the way of getting those workouts in. And so the conversation that I like to have with clients is like, okay, let's talk about what feels doable. So one of the first things that we might talk about is length of time. So if you are committed to doing 45 minutes or an hour of a workout, I really appreciate the idea behind that. But if you find that you're like really dreading it, you know, if you find that you're dreading the workout in general, then we need to look at a couple pieces, you know, different pieces of it. So the first one is time. Uh, what I like to encourage clients to do is I'm like, okay, here's five exercises, set a timer for 10 minutes, do usually 10 reps of each of those exercises as many times as you can in 10 minutes. Now, here's the here's the caveat, is that you can't do anything else in those 10 minutes. So you can't clean up the dust bunnies that are underneath your couch that you suddenly see. You can't, you know, go check the laundry. You set a timer for 10 minutes. You either do the exercises or you do nothing. Then I would say probably, I don't know, a high percentage of, of clients, when they try that strategy, they find like, oh, cool, I got started, I can keep going. So the the reducing the time barrier, um, you know, reducing the friction around the amount of time you would spend doing the workout was one of the things that was potentially getting in the way. So by adjusting that, we find that, you know, the workout is more doable. Another example is if there's something in the workout that you really, really, really hate. So I have some clients that really hate foam rolling. And while I think it's a good way to ease into the workout, they know that they just dread the idea of doing it. So if they know that the workout includes foam rolling, which almost all of mine do, uh, at least the warmups do, if they know that that's the case, that becomes a barrier. So if we remove the foam rolling and say, okay, you don't have to do that, if the workout then becomes more doable, that's a way to reduce friction. If you find that driving to the gym, so trying to find time to drive to the gym, and I know there's statistics out there related to essentially how far people are willing to drive, uh, you know, to have success around the gym. And I want to say it's like no more than 10 minutes. If you have to drive more than 10 minutes to get to the gym, you're less likely to be successful because you're putting some friction in there. There's also, though, it could be doing a body weight circuit versus doing something with weights, meaning you don't have to pull out any equipment to do a body weight circuit. So you're like, oh, okay, well, if I don't have to pull out any equipment, I, I just have to change my clothes. Okay, I can probably do that. But if I have to change my clothes and then go down to the basement, okay, I'm probably less likely to do that. And the thing that I try to tell clients is that there is nothing too small to be a big deal when you are trying to develop a habit. It just doesn't take much to get in the way. So one client that I had was talking about exercises that were on the floor versus exercises that were standing. So 
I work with clients of all different ages. And so, you know, depending on your age and your injury history and your overall, you know, uh, illness history, getting up and down off of the floor between exercises can be a real challenge. And so if there is a group of exercises that have you standing, laying down on the floor, standing, laying down on the floor, having to get up and down constantly can also be a deterrent. So sometimes it's a question of looking at the exercises that you have and then pairing those exercises together differently. This is also where when it comes to nutrition, trying to set yourself up to make it as easy as possible. Usually that means meal prep. So we know that people that take time to meal prep over the weekend generally have more success throughout the week because the choices are already there. So I like to prep my veggies in the morning. So five fistfuls of veggies, that's my goal to get in throughout the day. Put those into a a little Tupperware container. Actually, it's never Tupperware. I just have to say that. When we grew up, everything was Tupperware, but now literally... Tupperware is just the, anyway, here we go. So, but anyway, I put the five fistfuls of veggies and my whole, my, my goal is just to get, eat all of those by the end of the day. So I talked to a client last week who said, you know what? I just filled a bowl on my table with cherry tomatoes and peppers. And she's like, and then when I walk by, I can just grab a handful of those because it's very easy to do that, right? We're, we get in the candy jar at work because it's there. So trying to set yourself up nutrition wise, um, there is something I heard that the term I heard was happy fridge, happy refrigerator. Essentially, not everybody has the luxury to, to do this, depending on how many people live in your household and what their nutrition goals are. But if you can set your refrigerator up so that it's full of the snacks that you want to be eating versus the things that you don't want to be eating, you're setting yourself up for success because, again, you're reducing friction. You're making it as easy as possible. So whatever the habit is that you are working to adapt, again, the question is, what does it look like if it's easy? And then one of my examples uh, that I used in a social media post was having a Nalgene water bottle with a lid versus a Yeti bottle with a straw. Last year for Christmas, Sheila bought me this Yeti water bottle with a straw and I would have never guessed the difference that it made in my water consumption because I don't have to take the lid off. It's really hard not to judge that. And I think that's the one thing too that I try to drive home to clients is like, don't judge it. You know, don't judge yourself because you're like, oh, this shouldn't be this hard. The reality is for whatever reason, it does feel that hard. So whatever you can do to make it easier, you know, just try to think about anything that you're, what is it that you dread about a task? What is it that you're not looking forward to? What do you find really hard about getting started with a task? And do the things that you need. You can, you know, as you go and as you develop a habit, which by the way, the definition of a habit is you no longer have to make a decision to do it. I I do not have to make a decision in the morning to brush my teeth. I just brush my teeth. I don't have to make a decision to floss anymore. I just floss. So when you no longer have to make a decision about it, but what it's a habit, but while you have to make the decision, there is nothing wrong, nothing wrong with making it as easy as possible. And the flip side of that is to increase friction for the things that you are trying to do less of. So for me, when I actually right now I'm recording this podcast, I went to full screen with GarageBand, which is where I record, because if I don't have it on full screen, then I can see everything else on my, I can see time, I can see text messages, I can see everything else. And I will delay. I I try to do that when I'm writing to keep it focused. That's where if you find that you're checking your cell phone all the time, putting your cell phone far enough away, 
I'm going to allude briefly here to the 22nd rule. So this comes from the Sean Aker, uh, I think it's called the happiness advantage. But one of the things that he actually did a study when he was working at Harvard, where he, he would come home into his tiny little apartment. And the first thing he would do is sit down and then he would turn on the TV because the remote was right there. And then he would find himself watching TV for longer than he really wanted. And so he, as a behavior behavioralist, a positive psychologist, he did a little research and he found that 20 seconds was the magic number. So if he put the remote control far enough away that he had to walk 20 seconds to get him, that it took it that long to get the remote, that it was far enough away that he wouldn't bother with it. So whether you are decreasing friction to make something more doable or increasing friction to make something a little bit harder, it's just a point to consider that you don't have to make it hard on yourself. There is nothing wrong. I guess it hacks. I feel like that's a modern day term. I don't know if millennials brought that around. I think technically I'm a generation Xer, but you know, anything that you can do that you would consider a hack, anything that is going to make the habits that you're working on feel more achievable and feel more doable, there is absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. So I would love to know your thoughts if you have anything in particular that you are working on to try to reduce friction and not having any luck with it. By all means, please reach out. Also, if there's a topic that you would like Sue and I to address, we would love that as well. Or if you would like to be on the podcast, we look forward to in 2023 welcoming some guests to the show. So as always, thanks everybody for your time and have a great day.